Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. We are going to preach today from Revelation And I was on my morning prayer call sometime about a week ago, and the Lord began to put an unction in my spirit to prophesy to the bones, the dry bones. And so, you know, all of the Bible is good all the time. It works all the time. But there are seasons where we enter with now words, with rhema words, with things that God wants to speak to us as a church family and even as a body. And so we're going to preach today. Actually, when I was in, was I in Indonesia or was I in Singapore when I said there's something on the book of Ezekiel? We were somewhere out of the country And the Lord began to speak to me about I needed to get back into the book of Ezekiel. And that is when I began to feel this rhema word rising. And our text is Isaiah 37. And I'm going to read and expound some. Then I'm going to give you some practical applications. I'm going to say practical application. Oh, y'all better wake up this morning or I'll come down on the ground and begin to preach, pray, and prophesy. Praise God. We need revelation, but we also need practical application because if we do not know what to do with the word that we hear, then we're not being careful how we hear. We've got to be careful how we hear. That means understanding what to do with what it is that we have received. So Ezekiel 37, Father, I thank you this morning for the, for the anointing of the Spirit of God. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart to understand what your Spirit is saying to the church in this season. God, help us to grab a hold of these truths for your glory, not to take lightly a verse, a, a scripture that we've heard before, but to grab a hold with it, with, uh, to it, with with bulldog tenacity and watch it come to pass in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them all around. And there were very many. Somebody say very many. There were very many in the open valley and they were very dry. Somebody say very dry. Notice this happened in an open valley. There are certain seasons of our life where we go through trials, where we feel that dryness and it's open. Everybody can see it. People know that you're struggling. People know that you're going through it. People know that your marriage is on the rocks. People know that you're having a hard time with your finances, even if you don't say it. There are certain things that the Lord allows us to go through in the open. 
And in this valley, there were very, or many dry bones, they were very dry. Verse 3, and he said, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter into you so that you live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will grow back flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you so that you live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, listen, listen, everybody look here. As I prophesied, there was a noise and a shaking. There are certain times when you begin to prophesy, there will be a noise in the spirit and a shaking in your life. There are times when you begin, to your dry bones that there will be devils who take notice. There will be angels who take notice. See, just like right now. Can y'all stop messing with the microphone, please? I think it was better before we started playing with it. Let's start over. Everybody stop messing with the microphones. There are times in the spirit when you prophesy and there's a noise and a shaking. The prophecy can bring warfare. You have to understand and know that the prophetic word brings warfare. When you begin to prophesy into the dry bones, when you begin to prophesy into the circumstances of your life, there's going to be warfare because the devils notice and the angels notice and there's a war in the spirit and sometimes things begin to look worse before they look better. I said sometimes it looks like what you're doing is exacerbating the issue. Looks like what you're doing is bringing more warfare into your life, but God will work it together for good. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's resistance to this message already, but we're going to get through it. Sometimes it looks like there's worse things going on than when you started fighting, but turn to your neighbor and say, God is working it together. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. God is working it all together for my good. Amen. He really is. He's doing it. He's doing it. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And when I looked, the sinews and the flesh grew upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He had done all this. He had prophesied the word of the Lord. He had commanded, but there was still no change. There was a little bit of change. There was some visible evidence that things were shifting, but the problem wasn't solved. It wasn't fixed. The bones had not yet fully come alive into that army. Sometimes you have to keep prophesying a thing. Some changes, some resurrections, some reconciliations are progressive. It happens little by little. It doesn't always happen at once. When it happens in an instant, it's called a miracle. But sometimes God allows us to walk things out in our life. Why? Because it builds character on the inside of us. Sometimes if God did everything in an instant, the moment that we prayed and just made it all right, we would be like spoiled brats. Oh, daddy, God, would you please fix my finances? Well, honey, you didn't go to work for a month. What do you expect? Sometimes it's progressive. Sometimes we made such a big mess and God loves us and he will help us to to get the dry bones back to life again. But we have to give him a little bit of time to work it all thing to work it all together. We've got to give him. It took us five years to make the mess. Maybe we can give him just a few days or a few weeks or a few months to turn it all around. Amen. Then he said to me, prophesy to the wind. 
son of man, and say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain so they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Let's talk about the dry bones. What are these dry bones? I believe most of us at any given time have some dry bones in a valley somewhere. Even when we're on the mountaintop in one area of our life, many times there's another part of our life that's dry. What are these dry bones? Well, it could be uh, dead dreams in the valley. It could be disappointing circumstances in the valley. It could be damaged relationships in the valley. It could be bondages in your soul in the valley. These dry bones could be bad memories. These dry bones could be old fears. These dry bones could be rejection that you've dealt with all the days of your life since you were a wee little child. These dry bones could be guilt or shame or condemnation or something that causes you to feel dead on the inside. I said many of you have dry bones somewhere in your life. If it's not in your mind, it's in your relationships. It's not in your relationships. It's in your finances. There are all kinds of dry bones, but I'm here to tell today that you can prophesy to your dry bones and things can be resurrected and you can live again and you can teach others to do the same. These dry bones. God took Ezekiel to the valley of the shadow of death, which is a dark valley full of danger. Imagine the scene. Just think about it. I looked at some artwork online, just trying to enhance my holy imagination. Just think about it. This valley was full of bones. Everywhere he looked, there were bones, and not just any kind of bones, but dry bones, very dry bones. When bones are alive, they're moist and somewhat flexible, but when they die, they get very dry and very brittle and very rigid. He was looking out at this valley full of bones. And many of you have walked through a valley like this. We just can't see where you're going. There are so many dry bones. You just can't see past them. It's like the saying, you can't see the, the, the tree for the, for the, for the forest. So you have to understand and know that there is a way through and his name is Jesus. You might not be able to see where you are going and there are traps everywhere and you may feel dry and weak. And maybe sometimes you just trip over some of the bones. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop tripping. Oh, turn to the people behind you and say, stop tripping. You don't want to trip over the dry bones. You want to catch a new vision. Ezekiel was just walking around and around. I'm sure he couldn't see past the dry bones. I'm sure it was overwhelming. Sometimes the enemy will magnify a situation to be so much greater, so much grander, so much bigger than it really is. You know, anything looks big when it's right up in your face. My hand looks a lot bigger than it is when it's right up in my face. And the enemy always magnifies the dry bones. He makes you feel like you're never going to get out. This is hopelessness. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are going to encounter dry bones and hopelessness. No hope of things changing. You ever been to that place? Something was so bad, so overwhelming, so in your face for so long that you began to lose hope. This is called walking through the valley of the shadow of death, which is really synonymous for the valley of dry bones. It's a dark place. It's a dangerous place. It's a place of death and destruction where the enemy has done a good job with his ministry. 
Here we see in 1 Chronicles 29, 15, our days on earth are like a shadow and there is no hope. Where there's no hope, you've left God out of the equation. Because God is a God of hope and God is a God of mercy and God is the God of all your tomorrows and he has a hope for you and a future for you that is brighter than anything yet you've ever walked through. The Bible says your ladder shall be greater than your past. We've got to believe God today. Oh, I wish I could get three people to believe God today. I said hopelessness is not your portion. Thick darkness when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You'll see thick darkness, which means a lack of revelation. You just don't know what to do because of the overwhelming attack. Job 10, 22 describes a land of darkness as darkness itself and of the shadow of death without any order and where there is light as thick as darkness. Can you imagine when the light is dark? When the light itself is darkness, this is what it feels like when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You can't eat, beloved, you can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel if you keep staring at the dry bones. But if you lift up your head from where your redemption draws nigh, if you look up toward heaven from which you are a citizen, you will begin to see the light of the world who is Jesus Christ and he will illuminate your path. His word is a light to your feet and a lamp unto your path. Oppression. Oppression is in the valley of dry bones. Oppression is an unjust or cruel use of power. This is the power of the enemy to hold you down. I've been in foreign nations at different times where the oppression that was coming against my mind, I couldn't even tell you what the devil was saying. You know, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 speaks of vain imaginations that were to cast them down. But when oppression settles on you, you're not even hearing anything. You don't even necessarily at first even realize it until you're so low. And all of a sudden, someone's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. This is a cruel oppression. It's the power of the enemy to hold you down. Job 16, 16, Job said, on my eyelids is the shadow of death. When you're oppressed, your eyes get heavy. Your emotions get heavy. Everything gets heavy. Sorrow is in the, is in the valley of dry bones, in the valley of the shadow of death. Job 17, 7, my eye also is dim. Because of sorrow and all my members are like a shadow and then fear. There's always fear in the valley of dry bones. When it feels like you're losing everything, it's a scary thing. When it feels like you're losing your marriage, it's a scary thing. When it feels like you're losing your children to the enemy, when they've gone away and they won't call you anymore, it's a scary thing. When you can't pay your mortgage, it's a scary thing. Here in Job... Seven, uh, 24 verse 17, he speaks of terrors of the shadow of death. So if you're feeling these sorts of things, you have to ask yourself, am I in a valley of dry bones and I don't recognize it? Am I not understanding where I'm in, the season that I'm in and where God is taking me? Because the shadow brings the agenda of hell into your life. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when you find yourself in the valley of dry bones? You're overwhelmed. You're tripping over the bones. You're prophesying to the bones, and it doesn't seem like a whole lot's changing except more warfare has come upon you. What do you do? What is your answer? You're not supposed to stay there, number one. You have to remember that David, he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't set up a camp there. He didn't dig a barbecue pit there. He didn't decide to build his house there. 
He didn't sit back and kick back and get a suntan there. He walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You have to understand when you're in the valley of dry bones, when you're in a dark place, when the warfare is raging against your mind, when the trials of life just don't seem to quit, it's all temporary. This too shall pass. You know what? Even if it didn't for whatever your 70 or 80 or 90 years on this earth, eventually it will pass. And we have to cultivate an enduring spirit like I taught you some weeks ago. But God's not called you to live there. Here's what you need to remember. There's a few things. First of all, remember God's hand is still upon you. Ezekiel 37, 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me. When this whole mess started, the hand of the Lord was on him and, and, the, and God was with him in the valley of dry bones. God was with him in the valley of dry bones, giving him instruction how to see a resurrection miracle. He was with, he is with you. God is with you. He is not checked out on you. Even when you can't see him, even when you can't feel him. Ah, I'm about, about to bust out with Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker. <laughs> even when you can't see him, even when you can't feel him, he is there. He has, his hand is still on you. Ezra, in the book of Ezra, he said, the hand of the Lord was upon me, so I took courage. When you're in the valley of dry bones, don't be intimidated by those dry bones. Don't let them psych you out. See that you have authority even over death. Jesus had the keys to death, and he is not going to allow the enemy to permanently kill something in your life. You have the keys of the kingdom. You can bind. You can loose. You can speak life into a dead situation at the command of the Lord. Somebody say, at the command of the Lord. God will never leave you or forsake you. When I was, at, I left a uh, church about 10 years ago that was very abusive. And, and when I did, I, I stepped out of what was a very fruitful experience in ministry for me for a long time and into a valley of dry bones. I mean, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any ministry opportunities. I just had dry bones all around me. It was like the pieces were left there to pick up and reassemble. I've got a Rubik's Cube up in my office. I used to have one when I was a kid. And I kept it all nice and neat for the few first few weeks I had. I just play with it, you know, while I'm talking. And all of a sudden, I would uh, scramble it this way and scramble it that way. And I would put it right back together. And I felt like, you know, I'm, I was so happy. But the other day, I, I mixed it up just a little bit too much. And now I can't get it back in that perfect position. But you know who can? God. Sometimes it feels like the enemy has taken your life and just twisted it and turned it and nothing matches and all the pieces are scattered, but God can put it back together. I tell you what, I was walking through a valley of dry bones, but within nine months, the Lord began birthing new things through me. And as soon as you get into that valley of dry bones, you have set yourself up for newness of life. It looks dead, but it's not dead. It looks destroyed, but it's not destroyed. It's just waiting there for you to take authority over it and to prophesy. Within nine months, I landed an editorial role at Charisma Magazine. Within nine months after that, I got a major book deal. Within nine months after that, I was on Sid Ross at Supernatural, and the birthing began. Sometimes it's the mercy of God to allow you to leave a place that's really dead and then walk through a valley of dry bones and learn through that experience how to prophesy your way back into the fullness of life that Jesus died to give you. Amen? God's hand was still upon me. 
I couldn't dwell on the dry bones. That's what many of us like to do when we get into the valley of dry bones. We like to dwell on the dry bones. We like to cry over the dry bones. We like to complain about how, bo- how, how dry the bones are and how many bones there are. We like to whine about the dry bones, but we can't do those things. We've got to prophesy to the dry bones. Turn to your neighbor and say, prophesy. No matter how dark the valley and how many dry bones, God's hand is still upon you. You have to also remember he's still carrying you. You can't, you may not feel him carrying you, but he's carrying you. God is carrying you. He's carrying you more than you know. When I was little, I used to stay with my great grandma sometimes. She was like in her late 80s by the time I was staying with her. And I would go over how she had this wood-framed, old-fashioned house, and she had all these, uh, you know, religious artifacts all over, because she was a church planter. She actually helped plant eight churches. She was a free will Baptist. And I don't know what a free will Baptist is, except they believe in free will, and I'm glad for that. There's all kind of Baptists. You know, you get the first Baptist, the second Baptist. In Alabama, we had the third Baptist. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, your third place? I don't get it. I don't understand all these different variations. It's all good. Baptists are good people. My whole family were Baptists. But she had all these religious artifacts in her house, and she had this painting, and it was this um, footsteps in the sand. You remember that? It was footsteps in the sand. And that left an impression on me, even at a young age, even when I really didn't know the Lord for myself, I saw him as one who would carry me through hard times. And you have to understand, when you're in the valley of dry bones, he will carry you, but you have to learn to rest in him. Have you ever tried to carry a child who, who didn't want to let you carry them? You know, they're like squirreling and all the mom, young moms out there are like, yeah, they're squirreling and they're squirming. And it's like, you know, you almost drop them because they're like kicking and flailing. You've got to learn how to rest and let God carry you. When you rest, he will carry you through places that you might never get through in your own strength. Number three, prophesy to the bones. God has a strategy for you to escape this season of dryness, death, and destruction. And the strategy is to prophesy your way out. See, Ezekiel prophesied his way out of the valley of dry bones. But Job sat in sackcloth and ashes and complained and cursed himself and cursed the day he was born. What are you going to do when you find yourself in a valley of dry bones? Are you going to prophesy your way out or are you going to curse your way into deeper bondage? Because the choice is yours. God can't prophesy for you. He can tell you what to prophesy, but you've got to be the one to release the word of the Lord. You've got to be the one to decree what God's saying to the, to the dry bones. You've got to do your part and God will do his part. But that's what many of us do. We get overwhelmed and we start staring at the bones. We start tripping and we start releasing curses over our lives. Ah, nothing's ever going to change. You don't know how I have it. You can't understand what I'm going through. It's never going to change. Oh, my marriage is falling apart. My kids have lost their mind. I'm in financial ruin. You don't understand. And you want to curse yourself instead of prophesying your way out of a thing. Goliath uh, cursed David by his gods, and David prophesied to him. He said, on this day, I will have your head. When your Goliath rises up to you, and many times Goliath is sneaking around somewhere in your valley of dry bones, when Goliath begins to prophesy to you and tell you what's going to happen and what you're going to lose and what you can't have and what sickness he's going to put on you and what financial destruction he's going to bring to your home, you got to begin to prophesy back to Goliath. Yeah, y'all aren't getting it today. I can't wait for season, for the second service. Amen. 
Y'all need to wake up. Prophesy. Amen. Don't sit in sackcloth and ashes and curse your past, present, and future. Ezekiel 37, 4 and 6 says, Again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This morning the Lord showed me something interesting. I've never seen it quite like this. The principle I've understood, but I've never seen it quite like this. Your circumstances have a voice. Your circumstances will speak to you. Your circumstances will send you a message. Your circumstances want to tell you how it's going to be. But if your circumstances have a voice, your circumstances must also have ears. So you need to begin to speak to your circumstances. You need to be able to start commanding your circumstances to line up with the word of God. You need to command that your finances line up with the word of God. You need to command that your circumstances hear the word of the Lord. You need to do it. God's already done everything he's going to do. It's up to you to appropriate it by faith. Somebody say by faith. The word prophesy. He says prophesy over these bones. Hear the word of the Lord. That word prophesy means in that scripture to come under a divine influence. And when your mind is being battered with demonic influences, you have to be very careful to allow your mouth to come under a divine influence. Because when your mind is being battered by demonic influences, your mouth wants to utter what you're hearing in your mind. Every word you say was first a thought. And so you have to submit your tongue to the Holy Ghost. No man can tame the tongue, but the Holy Ghost can. You must submit your mouth to God's divine influence. My prayer is, Lord, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, lest I grieve your spirit. Help me, Lord, set a guard over my mouth if I cannot prophesy your words over my life. You've got to release the breath of the breath and the wind of God over your dry bones. But what did Ezekiel prophesied. Ezekiel prophesied what God told him to prophesy. God asked Ezekiel at the very outset of this chapter in Ezekiel 37, he said, can, he said, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Now listen, God never asks you a question that he doesn't know the answer to. If he's asking you a question, like, like Jesus asked several people, well, what do you want? Well, I want my sight. What do you want? I want to be cleansed of this leprosy. He already knew what they wanted. He knows everything. When he asks you a question, it is so that he can locate your faith, so that you can locate your faith. He asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, you know, Lord, Ezekiel didn't want to say the wrong thing. I said, that's wisdom. That's wisdom, Zeke. Next time the Lord asks me a question, I'm going to say, you know, Lord, what do I know? He said, you know, he didn't want to prophesy the wrong thing. He didn't want to agree with the wrong thing. He wanted to get into agreement with the Lord God Almighty. I imagine he wanted to get up and out of that dry valley of dry bones. And when you want to get up and out of your dry valley of dry bones, the valley of the shadow of death, you've got to get into agreement over and over and over with God and break agreement with the enemy. He didn't want to say the wrong thing. We've got to get into a place where we're saying what the Lord says. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. That means we need to say what he's saying about us. We walk by faith and not by sight. You're going to have what you say. You're going to have what you prophesy. If the Lord says prophesy it and you prophesy it, you're going to have it. You're going to have it. 
You're going to have it. Here in Mark 5, 25 through 20, the Bible says, Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. Somebody say 12 years. Now that's a long trial. Some of us 12 hours and we're having a nervous breakdown. Some of us 12 days and we're about to lose our salvation. This lady went through it for 12 years. The Bible says 12 years she had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better but worse. So in her valley of dry bones, she had dried up health and she had dried up finances. She had financial devastation and she had uh, uh, sickness and disease devastation. When she heard about Jesus, shakata. <laughs> when she heard about Jesus and his healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up behind him and touched his garment. For she kept saying to herself, this is where you got to focus in. She kept saying to herself, she was prophesying to herself. She was prophesying this to herself, not just one time, but many times. She said, if, if she said, for she kept saying to herself, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. Could you imagine? She's pushing her way through the crowds. She's pressing her way through. Some versions say she was down on her knees, crawling, just inching toward Jesus, just trying to make her way through. And as she was, as she struggled, probably with dirt being kicked up in her eyes and sand in her mouth, she kept on prophesying if I can just touch the hem of his garment I'm going to be healed she kept on decreeing if I can just touch the hem of his garment I'm going to be healed she kept on saying it and she kept on saying it and she kept on saying it and she kept on saying it so that by the time she made her way through and touched it it was an instant miracle Jesus said who touched me they said what are you crazy all kind of people are touching you Lord he said no but somebody touched me. When you prophesy what he tells you to prophesy in the middle of your valley of dry bones, it touches him. And when he's touched, he moves. I said, when he's touched, he moves. When you decide by force of your will to prophesy what he has said about you, to keep on prophesying even when it's not changing, to keep on pressing through even when it hurts, it touches his heart. And when it touches his heart, he moves. Hallelujah. The reality is we're going to prophesy either death or life over ourselves. We have to choose life. Proverbs 18 says the power of death and life are in the tongue and you're going to be satisfied with the fruit of it. So if you're going through a dry season, decide by force of your will to do what this woman did and prophesy to the circumstance. Your circumstance has ears and it will line up with the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty four and 25. For truly, this is Jesus talking now. These are the words in red. For truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea. You can, you could say, whoever says to these dry bones, rise up and live. It's the same concept. Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. You're going to get what you prophesy. But the problem is, is that many of us stop with one confession, with one declaration, with one episode of prophesying. 
And it doesn't work that way. You got to keep prophesying until you, number one, either feel a release in your spirit where you know that you know that you know that it's done, or you keep prophesying until you see what you believed. Now, when you begin to say it, you begin to pray it, you believe that you have it and you've received it, but that doesn't mean you don't keep prophesying about it until it gets here because the enemy will always try to interfere with the delivery of your promise. And you have authority over every enemy. So I want to do something right now. I want us to prophesy over some of our dry bones. Why don't we stand up for a minute? You all have dry bones. Some of you got some crusty bones. Some of y'all bones beyond dry. They're brittle and broken. And that's okay. Because God is a resurrection God. And there's things, beloved, if we would just agree with him, that he really could change rapidly. It might not change today, but it could. It might change tomorrow or the next week. I, I, I was just in uh, Atlanta last week. And, uh, not, yeah, and yes, it was last week. We were at the House of Prayer in Atlanta, the uh, Awakening House of Prayer in Atlanta. And this lady comes up to me. She drives in every month from Tuscaloosa. That's about a three, four hour drive. But she wants to be there so badly. She says, please launch a house of prayer in Tuscaloosa. I said, well, we'll pray on that. But she comes every, now she came last month. And last month, she had a, a dry bone called student debt. How many know student debt is wicked? It is wicked. They pile up and pile up and pile up. It's worse than credit card debt. It's like the worst kind of debt. You can't barely ever get out of that bondage. Take you forever to pay that off. It's designed to keep you in bondage. It's oppression. And so I had a word of the Lord to prophesy over this student debt and to decree that it was canceled, not just reduced, not just pushed back, but canceled. And I said, if you agree with this decree, and you have student debt. I said, come forward. And three girls came forward. They were all friends. The other two weren't there. I don't know what happened with them this month. But she came. And I decreed over the debt. I prophesied to that dry bone that she kept tripping over. And she came back this month. And she says, I got it. I'll show you the video maybe next week. She says, she says I had $8,000 in student loans. And she says, look, here it is. Zero balance. She, amen. She said, I called them up. And I said, what's up with this? And they said, well, you don't have any more debt. And I said, you need to leave it right there, honey. Don't even call them again. Don't call inquiring. Can you please put this debt back on my docket? God supernaturally wiped it away. Wasn't that illegal? No. It was illegal for them to oppress her for all these years after she already paid 15 times the price of her education. Never missed a payment. So there, that was a dry bone. That was she was tripping over. So I want you to have faith today. This works. Somebody say the word of God works. The word of God works. The word of God works. So I want, I want, I'm going to prophesy over some dry bones and then, and then you're going to prophesy over some dry bones because I don't know all the dry bones represented. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy over student debt and I command you to be wiped clean in the name of Jesus. I prophesy over the prodigals. They look dry on the inside, God. They need a touch and a move of your spirit. And I prophesy to the prodigals even now. And I say, come home in the name of the Lord. I prophesy to that sickness, that dry bone of sickness in your body and that dry bone of disease 
in your mind and I say be healed. I prophesy healing, 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 healing. Can we get some music up here? Can we get some music? That would be awesome right about now. Thank you, man of God. Come on, let's get this going. Let's press into this. There's something on it. There's some wind against it. Oh, we prophesy the wind over the dry bones in the name of Jesus. We prophesy in the name of the Lord. Come on, da, 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 da. I command your lives to come in line with the word of God. Come on, you begin to prophesy over your dry bones. Prophesy, 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 prophesy. Prophesy, 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 prophesy. Prophesy. Oh, we command the wind and the rain according to the word of the Lord. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to see past the valley of dry bones, past all the very many, very dry bones, and to see the life that you died to give us. We know there's a better way. There's a better day. Who has student loans in here? Wave up if you have student loans. Look at that. All right. You have student loans too? Your daughter? All right. Let's prophesy to the student debt. Father, the name of Jesus. I decree right now all unjust student debt is wiped clean. God, we're not asking for something free. We're asking for justice. I break and bind that spirit of usury that has come upon your household to try to enslave you with debt forevermore. In the name of Jesus, I decree student debts be canceled now in Jesus' name. I prophesy freedom from student debt over your life in the name of the one true living God I say now is the season ah now is the time hey now in the name of Jesus it's the sound of now the releasing the sound of now understanding our Kairos time walking ah out of the valley of dry bones eh? yes here's what we're gonna do we're just gonna take up our tithes and offerings right now I want you to you've prophesied to the dry bones I want you to let your seed prophesy for you let your seed prophesy name your seed in other words name your seed a farmer when he plants a seed knows what he's planting you ever seen those little packets and it says corn potato 
the seeds are named to produce that which comes after it. So name your seed today and let your seed prophesy to the dry bone. If you want an envelope, yeah, thank you. You can make your credit card on there. You can use the text to give. 754-701-2161. If you're making a check, you can make it to Ahab. Let your, name your seed. There's something that happens in certain spiritual atmospheres when we get into agreement with God and put our seed where our heart is. The Bible says where your heart is, there will your seed be. There's where your money will be. You can look at anybody's bank account and tell where their heart is. A lot of believers, their heart is at AMC and McDonald's and PlayStation. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for each offering, every seed that is being planted right now in the ground, Father Lord. I thank you that they will have a hundredfold harvest, Father Lord, on each seed that will be planted here today, Father Lord. I thank you for the sweat from their foreheads, Father Lord, for each cent. Father Lord, for each dollar, I thank you, Father Lord, that you will give back to them a hundredfold. I thank you for the offerings and the tithes, even for the online givers. We bless them. We bless and everything that will be given here today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 